Franklin um, here for episode 21. Uh, just before we get started, remember you can listen to all of our previous episodes on all your major sharing platforms, just such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and if you want to watch it, we're on YouTube now. Um, you can also go check out all of our social media. Um, all of it's the same on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at That Damn Sports Podcast, D A M. Um, we've got my, my roommate, actually, um, and my good friend of David and I, um, Sean Boyle. Sean is, it'll make sense while we, while we got him on. It'll make sense here in a second. But um, we got him on to talk about the college football playoff and whether we think that it should be expanded or not. Um, we just kind of thought it would be something we haven't, ever, we haven't debated about or talked about. We haven't talked about college football in a while. Um, so we didn't want to bore you with just nothing but NBA and NFL draft stuff. Just something to – the debate a little bit on and then we'll also go over Ben Simmons debacle and that disgusting situation that makes me very frustrated and then um, also go over the NFL draft um, but we're going to open with the debate uh, I actually don't know the opinions I kind of know the opinion of Mikey because he, he blurted it out to me me and Sean have had many of heated arguments in our living room over this it's more like you just yelling at me <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where David stands um, so I guess that'll be the wild card I'll go to first. Actually, no, we're going to go to Sean first. Sean, do you think, and I think we all know the answer to this. First of all, tell him who you're a fan of. <laughs> all right, so I'm a UCF fan. fan the playoff or not? All right, so you have to understand, like, before I really go in depth, I, I'm a casual fan. I don't have the extreme amount of college football knowledge that most people have. I'll, if it's on, I'll watch it. Um, but I'm not going out of my way to – like oh UCF is playing like I gotta watch it kind of thing. Um, but I mean my, everything you're about to say. No 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 no. Because I mean I'm the claim I'm about to make. You have to look at from a casual perspective. The one argument that Gunnels always says is like every game matters, which it does, because a team would have to go. I mean you lose what two games and you're out of the playoffs right now. For power five. It, 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 yeah. I mean it, it's hard to make it with two. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, that's that's just kind of my point. I mean, you look at, you know, I don't know. In my in my opinion, I, I I think it should be expanded because you look at it, and it's like you have the same four or five teams that are always uh, the main contenders, and it's just I don't know from a casual perspective. Like, I don't really want to see Alabama every single year. I don't want like it's it's just not entertaining to somebody who's not a fan of them. If that makes sense. Yeah. It does make sense. Um, I think you've also made the point, and I, I'll kind of, and I'll, I'll, I'll counter my argument in a second. Um, you've kind of made the point before that it, it would be because you look at you look at like March Madness, and you look at these other tournaments too that have more teams, and then you do have your like we looked at we saw this year with like um, a St. Peter's. Like you never know when and when an upset could happen, and you never know what could happen in a playoff. And I know you've argued that with me before. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it's like you look at, hey, if they make it all the way, like they get into the playoffs, you like I'd, I'd want to see them get absolutely dogged, get like get like lose bad. Because, I mean, if you – I mean, you got to look at it. It's like, all right, so if they go out, UCF, obviously, they're coming into the Big 12 soon, and, and I want to say like two years or something. But, I mean, before, if they lose one game, then it's like, all right, what's the point of watching if you know they can't? They're not. They're not in the Power Five conference or conference, or, and like they lose the first game of the season, they're not going anywhere with that, you know. So it's like it's like you know you have you have your Gamecocks, you have Clemson, you have Alabama, like the big name teams. Or if they lose one game, it's a big deal. But no matter what, they're still gonna get a bid even after losing one game. I wouldn't say no matter what, but I, I understand what you're saying. But I mean, based off their track record, you know. Yeah, well, uh, well, David, I, I actually, yeah, because I kind of know where Mikey's going to go. So, David, I don't even know where you where you stand on it at all. Um, Whether or not we should expand the, the playoff? Yes. I don't see any reason why not. I don't think it's bad for the sport in any way. Um, I mean, even if you just expanded it to eight teams and you gave a bye to the top two, two seeds, let the rest of the six battle it out, it makes it a lot – it gives teams a lot more to play for um, rather than just the two games, you know, starting in the semifinal round. And it still gives those top two teams that are probably going to be pretty well above everyone else their time off while allowing more opportunity 
to teams like UCF that maybe go undefeated but aren't seen at that that upper echelon. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, honestly. Mikey? Austin, I like how you said, see, you know, getting on here, I had – I was going to go one way, but I think I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here because I'm not sure. I think – I mean, there's both – there's a lot of pros and a lot of cons to, to both sides. I mean, looking at it from, like, the outside in is like, yeah, it's always the same four teams, but even if we expand it to eight, is it really going to change? Is it – like, look at Cincinnati last year. Is it really going to change – that much. I don't, I don't think it would. I think it'd be exciting to get eight teams, obviously, from a revenue standpoint. That's great for college football because now there's more games, more people watching. Um, but I don't think it's going to change that much. I think, I think we should experiment with it and see, maybe expand it to six or eight, see what happens. And if there's really even a point of it, because from looking out, looking from the outside in, I don't think it's going to change ultimately that much. I think, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, you know, those big name schools are typically going to win. Oh, we're not going to be in the top four, but and you can you can argue that it can make makes it less competitive because you can still get in, but it kind of makes it also more competitive in the playoffs. That hey, I'm an eight seed and I got to win two, three, four games now to make it to the championship. So I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know again how much it would change the actual you know who's actually going to win because it's always Alabama is always going to be in it, and I don't see these smaller schools beating Alabama or these top these top like big schools, but. I think we should we should do it. We should experiment with it and see where it goes. I'm not opposed to it, but again, kind of with like what you're saying, Austin is, yeah. Now you can lose two, three more games. It's not as competitive as it used to be. Games are not as in, as interesting because a team can lose now one or two games and still get in. So that's kind of where I stand. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play a, a little bit of both, but then I'm gonna make my point. Well, and one thing. For expanding, I see where Sean's coming from, and I see from the fan bases of them. It's like you know, even if you get in as an eight and you got to play Alabama, well, at least you know you had a, you have a shot at the end like, from the at the beginning of the year. Like even like a team like a UCF could lose every single game or win every single game, and like what happened in twenty seventeen, where Sean claimed they won a national championship, was still just <laughs> me. Nobody stopped us. Nobody stopped us. Name but, one team who stopped us. They went There's undefeated. No and you wouldn't know because you don't even watch the games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did that year. I did that year. I was actually at three of the games. I watched the, especially the South Florida one. I was at. It was a massive game, double overtime. Who what? the fuck is South Florida? Hey, exactly. Or okay. <laughs> on I four. It's like the two biggest schools, uh, <laughs> other than like you know like your uh, FSU and uh, games. Other than all the teams know, that everyone knows about. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. Anyway, like Miami and Florida and Florida State, and and Orlando Tech Community College. In all seriousness, I so I would I do see where they're coming from in the sense of like you know it gives our seat even if even if we know we're gonna play Alabama and get smashed by fifty well at least we're there and we have a chance to do it like it gives your season more purpose. Here's my ultimate argument, and this is where I think Mikey and David will agree with me because I know we're big college football guys. One for one, and this is what my biggest argument is, the reason college football is so special is because every single week means something. Every single week you're playing for your season, basically. You know, you tell me, like, Clemson, For I'll use David, for example, if Clemson's playing against – it doesn't matter who it is. You're, if they're playing NC State and you lose NC State, that one loss maybe in the second week of the season could be the reason you guys don't play for a national championship. That one loss, that one slip-up could be the reason that you And it's play. almost better to have a loss at the beginning of the year than at the end of the year because you don't want, you don't want that on people's minds at the right. end of the oh, season. Mind. And, but it, that's just completely my point that the reason college football is so special, and I think that a lot of people gravitate to it rather than college basketball where you can lose 12, 13 games and still make the tournament. Is because it is so like it's. I mean, it's every week. Every week is 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 a is a battle because you never know when you're when that's it. You never know that like now. I mean, you look at. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of a good team that got left out of this year. Oh, Oklahoma State. That's a great example. They lost a game in the regular season, then they lose by a yard to Baylor in the Big Twelve Championship, and they're done. They have they don't get to play for that championship. Are were they a great team, and would they maybe have been worthy? Yes, but it, the reason it's so exciting and it means so much is because every week matters and every week is important. 
compared to these other sports, or even in the NFL. You know, Mikey, if the Steelers lose week three and they're two and one, are you saying the season's over? Are you sitting there thinking like, well, now we can't win a Super Bowl? I mean, as a, as a Steelers fan, yes, but realistically, no. <laughs> in the 82 game regular season, that is NBA. If, if the Heat lose, I'm going to be mad, but I'm not sitting there saying like, we can't win the finals. Same with well, college football, with almost all other sports. And that's what makes college football so unique. And when you take out that element, you start adding teams, it makes it to where it's like, oh, we lost the game. We can. And then where does it stop at that point? Because there's always going to be controversy. There's always going to be controversy about eight and nine. So then you're right, like, but you can, but, but, to your point, there's always going to be controversy. You might as well change it, give them a little more leeway. Yeah, but do you really well, want to Austin, to argue, to argue against your point, to argue against your point is, you know, yeah, you do lose, lose one game. You do get one slip-up or you don't get a slip-up. It leaves out maybe a team that should have won the national championship because they had one bad game. You know, it's hard to be perfect it, in any sport. It's hard, especially football, and it's really hard to just lose one game. You know, we can look at teams like Oklahoma State or years past maybe Ohio State or, or Clemson that got left out because they played, you know, a team in their division and maybe they should they probably should have won, but they had a they had a bad game and now they're out. Now they're basically done. So now you're looking at that at, at Clemson who's a really good team that you'd love to see in the playoffs, but now their season's basically done. So what are they really playing for anymore? An well, ACC championship and that's about it. And well, that's not exciting because you know this team can compete with Alabama and these and these top four teams that are in the playoffs, but they're not because they got they had one bad game. And is that fair I mean, to leave them out? I'm, I don't know. I'd even argue that, like, even after, like, say they go through only have two losses, well, you're still probably going to play for a bowl game, but that's not – I don't know. As a casual fan, I look at it, that's not the same as, in, like, playing for the national championship. I will say, especially in football, the teams that win championships and the teams that are worthy of being in the position to win a championship – are teams that finish games, not teams that are good. There's a lot of good teams every year, but the difference is what your guys do at the end of the game, whether or not they are there all the way from start to finish and can close it out. And that has a lot to do with the organization as a whole, not just the team itself. Um, But with that, I mean, all that just to say, there usually are only – a handful of teams that you can put in that category. And it comes down to leadership, whether it be from the players or from the coaching staff or both. And well, to counter you, Mikey, yes, you're right. Like that Clemson loses and they get left out, but that's what makes college football so special. And at least for me, like maybe if I'm a university, I'm thinking I want to expand the playoff, but I'm coming at this from, I'm someone who's a fan of college football and I, it's my favorite sport in all in the entire world. I would, I would, give up watching every other sport possible if I could just watch college football the rest of my life. I love college football, and the reason I love it is because it, every, like you said to your point, every game matters. One slip-up could end your season, and that's why you have to be on your toes every week, and you, you can't afford a slip-up. And that's what I love about it. It's so cutthroat every week. So maybe from a team's perspective, it's like, dang, that sucks. Like maybe this team could have won the national championship if they were in, but they, messed, they lost, so they're not in. So the teams that, that didn't mess up and that, like, like David said, finished games – are in, and that's what makes it so exciting, and that's why I don't want it. And here's the thing. For me and you, Mikey, not as much David, we should, we, we should be side with Sean here. I should be saying we expand the playoff because that gives my Gamecocks a little bit better of a chance to ever have a shot at it. <laughs> it, doesn't give it, it doesn't give us much of a chance, but, but yeah, but Austin, to, to kind of counter what you're saying about college football, you're like you're so in love with it, you love watching games. Wouldn't you want to watch, like, really good teams play in the playoffs, like, even more? Like, you get college think- football for another two weeks – you know, teams going at it, like really good, the top eight teams in the country, big schools. I mean, that makes college football even more exciting. Than yeah, just and I think even if it's, even if it's six you know what or I mean? eight, like expanding it just a little bit, it's like it gets a little bit more entertainment out of it because then you have teams who have like Oklahoma State who missed it by a yard. Well, then put them as the five seed and have and them play And you don't force them Cincinnati to come in and play Bama their first game when they haven't when they haven't played, or I guess this would be Oklahoma State, this would be UCF, say, you don't force them to come in and play Bama the first game. They come in and play mm-hmm. Ohio State, who, who yeah. you know, they, they're always there, but they're not on the level of Bama, and let them get their feet wet before they have to go on to that next level of competition. Yeah. Exactly. What about, what about like, no, what is it, Notre Dame is always a contender, but they never finish out? Like, that gives them a shot to be oh, in. Just, well, it's, Notre Dame would be excluded from any playoffs. 
Sorry, go ahead. Mike. I mean, that's fair. I'm I, just I saying it just adds more. It just adds more to it. At least as a casual fan, it's like okay, you now you're watching a lot more cutthroat than the same four or five teams repeatedly every year. Honestly, though, you bringing up Notre Dame makes me want to say, screw that. Let's <laughs> four teams. Because you see what happens when you I throw the teams like that a bone and they just get destroyed. Well, another thing is, it's like, I don't want – I just love the regular season college football. I don't want it to be to where you can lose – start to be you lose three games and you're still out of chance to play for the championship because that just takes away from it. It makes it more like college basketball. Why do you think we don't sit there and watch every college basketball game in the regular season? We might be a fan of some of one of them, but we're not watching every single game because we know, well, if they win or lose, it doesn't really make much of a difference yet. College football, you're, I guarantee David Saliba, as long as you ain't got nothing serious going on, you're glued to your TV because you want to see your Tigers make sure they are on that road to a national championship. I know as a Gamecock, we realistically have no chance, but I'm watching every single week because I want to know if we have that shot. I'm telling <laughs> you, it's just what makes it so well, special. I can, go, more I, of a, I can go on ESPN on a regular night and be two teams I don't care about, I don't have any care for, but because they're both in the top 25 or top 15 or top 10, I know this game has playoff implications and the loser might be out and the winner might be in. So it draws a, it draws a fan in like me that isn't a fan of that specific team. It's so, it's so unique. And also if you expand it, you know, you, okay, say we'll use UCF for an example, and I don't mean to like bash on UCF here, but if UCF, no, that's fine. Go if UCF goes in as an eight seed and they play Alabama in the first round, first of all, you're taking that beating of playing Alabama. Okay, and football's a lot different than basketball. A week later, it's going to be impossible for those teams to get three wins in a row. Like, it's going to be a miracle to beat Alabama as it is. Then you're going to have to play Georgia the next week and then maybe play Clemson in the national championship. You're not winning all three of those games in three consecutive weeks. It's just not happening. There's no but, but if it about, did happen, they would deserve it. Right. right. No, right. they deserve it more than anybody else. But I, I will say this, but without having, without having the chance, then there's no point. Because if you don't even if you don't even give them the chance to create a miracle scene, which, like you said, I mean, the percentage of that is probably in, like it's close to impossible, you know. At the but end if of there's the no day, chance to do it, then it's definitely impossible. At the end of the day, you think about it, take all the emotions out of it. College football is there for the same reason students are in college to get a job. And if UCF players are playing their season, they're going to play their ass off whether or not they make it to the playoffs or not because they need to show off for the NFL scouts. True. So whether or not they expand the playoff or not, I don't think that has a bigger that much of an implication on how hard players play. Yeah. I think it's a yeah. great game. And just to, Go ahead. Just to, just to kind of, you know, again, argue your point, Austin, you, you were talking about, like, yeah, like, they can lose two or three games. But realistically, there's a bunch of teams, like the top six, top seven teams that had one to two losses, that's it. It's not like when we explain if, – if it does get expanded to six or eight, there's going to be a team in there with three, four losses. It's not going to happen because that's how competitive college football is. There's going to be six teams probably with one to two losses and then yep. seven and eight with two losses, which yep. I'm perfectly fine with getting in. Because we've seen Alabama with one or two losses in there because they were so good over teams with no losses. So just expanding it to six or eight is not going to draw in teams that don't deserve to be there. It's going to be it's not going to be UCF or or Cincinnati again. It's going to be big schools with one to two losses that deserve to be there, but they get overpicked because Alabama is so good and they lost two games. Well, that's Al- why expanding the playoffs. Now I'm flipping. I was playing devil's advocate, but that's why expanding the playoffs I think is a good idea. Now, I also would say, though, to that, like, Alabama lost two games, but they lost to, like, Georgia in the SEC championship, which is – that's no – I mean, that's – I mean, they didn't lose Georgia. They lost to Georgia. And then the reason Georgia gets in with two – and they, or they didn't lose to Georgia. I keep slipping my words. They lost Texas A&M at Texas A&M, ranked Texas A&M. That's a very – that's a that, – that's justifiable. And then Georgia loses to Alabama yeah. in the SEC championship. That's justifiable over an undefeated team that didn't go through nearly the gauntlet of a schedule that they went through. So, but now both of them get to make it. Now both of them get to make it, and it makes it more exciting. And now we don't have to sit here and everyone's butthurt about which team got in, which team didn't. Now both of them who play great seasons get a chance to go in. I think it's an interesting debate. I think there's a lot. I have an idea that I'm, I'm curious to what you guys well, – it's not my idea. Okay? It's my dad's idea, and he told me this, and I thought it was super cool, and I think you guys would all think this is a cool idea. Expand it to six, okay? One and two get a bye. But then, like – it's three and six and four and five play each other. 
to the to, to, to determine who plays one and two, but they played their playoff game at, at like if you're the three seed, you play at home. So imagine like Clemson's a three seed and Clemson's playing UCF, who's the six seed, and you get to play your playoff game at Death Valley. Ooh, that would I, actually be crazy. That, that I would like that. See that Ooh, that would make that would sense be because that now would then, be crazy. Now, once you go to the top four, now there's no home field advantage. Like, if you're the sixth, you don't deserve to play at home. I'm just thinking about how fun that would be. That's like, what that's really, that that, like, that that would make it like, That would be, that'd in be the entertaining. Playoffs, the students don't really, unless you get one of the select tickets, like, the students don't really even get to go unless you got parents with money. And yeah. to have it in Clemson, oh, my gosh. Mikey, imagine. Would be and that was my be riots in the streets. <laughs> it will never happen, I don't think. But that was my dad's thing. was like, you think about it from a fan. Imagine, Mikey, for us. Imagine South Carolina is the three seed, and we're playing somebody under the lights <laughs> at Williams-Brice for a playoff berth. Like, to play. I wouldn't remember it. It would be in- – <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was a cool idea. Shout out to shout out my dad. That was his. I'm not going to claim that it was mine. Um, before we go – Yeah, like the streets in Clemson – Whenever we won the national championship my freshman year was crazy, but I can't imagine watching the game in Death Valley and then going downtown. Yeah. And you know more than likely that would happen at least to Clemson at some point. Like you would get that, that, that three through six spot and you would get – or three through four and you'd get that home field. Or imagine, imagine. – it'd just be – I think that'd be wild, like getting to watch it at a home – and it's a playoff game. But – before yeah, we, but the, the issue with that, the issue with that, Austin, is then you're going to get number one and two. Like, dude, we're one and two. Why are we not playing at home? But the three seed is. I think and they would rather the, have the buy. That's the argument. <laughs> I think yeah. one would rather have the buy than play uh, have to play a third game. I think. Problem would be when money got involved. But anyway, yeah. Um, before we change, go to our next topic. Any closing, any closing remarks from our guest, Sean? Uh, I know we kind of. Or went up and down. Honestly, you had more support. If I don't know that these two were going to be so supportive <laughs> of not expanding it, I might not have been like, well, I don't need Sean. But I thought Sean was going to be like the, the power puncher. And it, it's just me by myself over here. So yeah. I, just have to <laughs> this. I mean, I will, I will say this. Like, I, I like what uh, your dad's idea was expanding it and then having like the home field advantage. Obviously, there would need to be changes for one and two and everything. Um, like I said, as a casual fan, I, I think expanding it. Maybe eight is too much considering how – I mean, I'd, I'd say a college football season is short. I mean, uh, like, especially if you want to – like, at least a regular season, I think having eight teams in the playoff, that might be too much. But even just six where you have the potential for a UCF who goes undefeated and then you don't have fans like me who say we won a national championship because nobody stopped us. But then it's like – I know everybody says – well, we don't want to watch Cincinnati or UCF lose to Alabama. It's like, why not? Like, it's just another game, like, especially in the playoffs. Like, you're going to watch the playoffs either way. Still going to bring more attention and still give other teams who don't quite have the respect, like UCF, uh, a chance to even get in a little bit more, you know? Um, Like I said, this is all coming from a casual fan who I think is just, I don't know, make it it a little bit bigger and you'll just – might bring more people to come watch. That's all. And even a casual fan is still a fan. So most of yeah. them expand it for fan purposes, which is entertainment. I'm just someone. I'm very. I'm very deep into college football. So I'm. Yes, I know. I stand firm. <laughs> anyway, many arguments held in the living room. Oh, well, Sean, I appreciate you jumping on, talking with us for a little bit. Um, no, I appreciate y'all letting me you know, jump on, and uh, I know you guys for a bit. See you, buddy. <laughs> all right, buddy. We'll see you later. Take care, gentlemen. Um. All right. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> some more big news that I am very excited to delve into because I hate this guy already, and now I hate him more, and that is Ben Simmons. Now, we're not going to talk the logistics of the series right now because by the time this video – game four is tonight, by the time this recording is, is being recorded right now, so we'll cover all the logistics of the series itself when our next episode, when all these first-round series are over, but – Ben Simmons ruled out for game four the day before game four. And, you know, before I let Mikey go into it, because he is a Brooklyn Nets fan, I am I, – like Stephen A. Smith said, it's disgusting. I mean, it's just it's, – it's ridiculous. I mean, the, he has been – the only thing Ben Simmons has showed any care about this entire season is getting the $20 million the league owes him for sitting out games. That's all he's cared about. His team is down 3-0. They need – 
a, I need a jolt. He's he seems fine. Like he doesn't seem fine, but he seems capable of playing. And he's sitting out because of back soreness. The competitiveness in this guy is just not there. If you, I, this is me as someone who just, I mean, I'm just a casual person. I'm Mikey. You don't even play sport anymore, and you're probably the same way. And David, you're the same way. Your team needs you. You're a little sore. That competitive nature in you is gonna you're gonna fire up, and you're gonna go out there and play. I had a That's I had an intramural soccer. I had an intramural soccer championship last week, and I, the game before, a kid about ripped my shoulder out. My shoulder's still sore, and I had, still got turf burn on my leg, but I still played, even though we had two games that night. Yeah, it's one of those things. Just even as people that we don't, we don't get paid millions of dollars to do it. We still would do it just because. Yeah, if I was in the NBA, you bet your ass I'd be out there. Yeah, we're because we're competitors. Even as people that I go to the YMCA, I'm trying to kill somebody for to to stay on the court. Just and I'm not getting paid to do that. And all Ben Simmons has cared about is that 20 million the league owes him. Um, for sitting out games, and all this is going to cause a huge ripple effect. This is this is what this is going to do, and I'll go into that once I get y'all's opinions on it. But this is going to create a big issue for the league, for the rest of the players in the league, and the rest of the league. All the players in the league are going to hate him after this, and I'll explain why in a little bit. But Mikey, coming from the Nets fan, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Because I'm just I'm appalled, honestly. Dear Ben Simmons, <laughs> you are what I call a disappointment a loser, a stuck-up guy who is selfish and does not care about anyone but his damn self, and that's a shame, and people like you should not be allowed to play professional sports no matter how good you are because what you're doing to your damn team who needs you the most, you're being a bitch. And I hate using this type of language, but it is just pathetic. I, I mean, Kyrie, we all know the drama with Kyrie, but that man's out there playing. You know, with all the selfishness and, and stuff that he's got going on, he's out there playing. I mean, you wanted to come back, and I guarantee you if we're up in the series where it's close, you're coming back and playing. But you're like, oh, well, it's over. There's no point of me playing. Who cares? That is just terrible. People like Ben Simmons who sit out because their team's losing, he's a sore loser and just wants money, shouldn't be in the league, and I don't care how good you are because it's just bad for the game of basketball. People don't like seeing it. We want to watch good players go play and help their team win, and people like you ruin it for, our, for the fans and for their fucking teammates. So, Ben Simmons, I hate you. Get off the Brooklyn Nets. Peter just mad because Devin Booker stole your girl. And that's what, what it boils down to. He's depressed because he doesn't <laughs> know Jenny, Kyle, Kyle Jenner anymore, or whatever the hell her name is. It's Kendall, by the way. Hey, Who cares? At this point, you should take <laughs> Kendall. David? Um, well, I would like to say I don't think you can put Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving in the same category whatsoever. It's worse. Kyrie Irving is do, do, did something that took a lot of balls, and now it's paying off for him. Ben Simmons just probably – David, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the drama-field stuff with Kyrie, like, way, way even before that. You know what I mean? With he the just, Celtics he just and everything. Drama. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, what, he was do, like, what he was doing on the court, like – Flipping them off behind his head and stuff like that. Like, I was talking about like, how he brings drama and stuff. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I will say, you know, I don't have the personal vendetta against him like Mikey might. But for me, on a personal level, I just don't understand people, especially if I was 6'10 and could jump out the gym, like, I like what I wouldn't give for that, you know, and to see someone with that natural talent and that capability, just not care. And, and I don't know what's going on in his head. I don't know what his life is, but to see someone in this position on a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving be sitting out because of back soreness, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense in my head. I guess that's all I really have to say. I, I don't I don't understand people that work that way. It, it and that's the thing. It's like if it was someone who maybe had like Jamal. Okay, we use a Jamal Murray for example. You know, he tore his ACL a year ago, and it has been a year. It's been a while, and he's probably getting closer and closer back. But you know, you're down three zero, and you're coming back rehabbing from a torn ACL. Okay, I, yeah. I'm not gonna be mad at you for saying yeah, yeah it's not worth it. We're down 0-3 in my ACL. I, I'm still I don't want my first game back. I don't want to chance it. I came all this way. And our season's probably over anyway. I don't blame that. If I'm Ben Simmons, what you you weren't even hurt at the beginning of the year. You just sat out because you were pissed off. You just sat out. Just sit out. 
you're not even like you were it's not like you're coming back from some crazy injury and you, you were on board to come back game four they announced that almost a week ago and you wake up with back soreness and you're not gonna even attempt it what are you gonna it's about back- with back soreness every other day <laughs> <laughs> here's here's my thing and i know i just went off on ben simmons and i'm gonna take it down a little bit of a notch because we don't know the whole full story. And if there's more to it, like he's actually really injured, I do apologize. And if he actually can't play, that's, that's one thing. But from all the reports and him not saying anything about it, him not coming out and explaining his side, from looking on the outside in, it is a terrible look for him. And it's been a terrible look for him this whole season. And it, it's just pathetic at this point. Yeah. I, and here's what I was referencing at the beginning. You know what the NBA is going to do now? So the Players Association is going to get with the league. And because, you know, I think – I don't know if he sued him or something. Something happened where now Ben Simmons is going to get that money that he, that he was supposed to get paid for sitting out. The league was basically telling him he wasn't going to be able to get it because he sat out he didn't play. Well, now what's going to end up happening is they're going to make a rule. The league is going to make a rule now called – and they're going to call it the Ben Simmons rule. And he is going – now if you do sit out a game, it doesn't matter if you sit out – like if you're resting. Like say, say LeBron rest a game after playing a back-to-back and the Lakers or whatever. If LeBron rest a game, I'm not going to fault them. That's just a strategically – that's something you do in the NBA. You need to do that. You need to rest your players, especially guys like LeBron, older players. That's, that happens all the time in the league. We see it all the time. Now if you do that, you're not going to get paid for that game. That's what they're going to end up doing because of this whole – Honestly, season. honestly, I don't have a problem with that. I do. Because what – Effectively – Here's, my, here's the way I see it. Here's the way I see it. If I – so I, I work a job that is completely commission-based. I work six days a week in the sun, and if I choose not to work, I don't get paid just because of all the other work I've done. But it's not – but that's yeah, – yeah, the but, difference here is LeBron – like, if I, I keep using LeBron's example because he does it a lot. His, the Lakers want to do that with LeBron. Like they, the Lakers want. Yeah. It's not LeBron saying. Uh, the Lakers if as an organization, they then they can have that decision within their organization. Well, the league will make the rule though, to where you you, you can't because it's it's going to make a rule completely for all all teams because that way, if you have a Ben Simmons that is sitting out against the organization's will, they don't have to pay. Him. So they're going to make that rule where because now well, they would probably just make the rule you don't have to pay them, not. You can't pay them. Well, then it's a business. They're not going to pay anyone yeah. at that point. Yeah, I mean, but I think if you're smart, you take care of your people. You're going to that, start. You're, and if you're advising them, true, David, but if you're not to be a superstar, and for the guys who are maybe like, hey, like I'm not a superstar okay. yet, and I do need to break, but they want me to play, but I need to break, and I know I do, and it's not an unselfish way, and it's not really going to affect the team, they're not paying those guys. Yeah, but those guys, if they're hungry, they're not taking breaks, and if they are taking breaks, it's because their team's telling them to. You're gonna yeah, start. What's gonna happen is you're gonna start seeing people check in to check into games for like thirty seconds and then check out. Just to get well, you saw Drew Holiday do that. Yeah, just just catch check. I mean, and and it's I don't and know. then they're gonna have to they're gonna have to come around with another rule to to back that one. And it all it's that's all what guys from this whole Ben Simmons crap and it and and oh man, I think he's probably the most hated man in sports right now. And it's because, like, it, even me, I'm not a Nets fan, so I shouldn't care. And I honestly would like the Nets to lose because I'm, I'm more scared of the Nets than the Celtics, realistically. I, don't, I, mean, I am. But as a, just as a person who played basketball for my life and played <laughs> other sports and just plays video games, does, or plays chess, and just does something competitively, I can't relate to a guy sitting out who's making millions of dollars because of back soreness. You know who we have to blame for this, honestly? And I said it earlier. Like, there's one guy to blame. It's not even Ben Simmons at this point. It's the Great Britain King that created Australia out of a bunch of criminals and no. created Ben Simmons' shitty bloodline. No, it's Devin Booker. <laughs> ben Simmons and Devin Booker were best friends, and Devin Booker stole his girl. And now he's depressed. It's Devin Booker's fault. Fuck you, Devin Booker. God. He just had to go and steal his girl. Now look what he's doing. Honestly, they kind of look the same, so, I, so I'd be more concerned if I was Devin Booker than if I was Ben Simmons. Or maybe, maybe she just got confused one time at the club. <laughs> Honestly, she, is, she, she doesn't seem like the brightest girl. Maybe. I don't know. Don't really know her. What don't she really just, follow, but maybe she, got, maybe got I don't know. she walked into a club with strobe lights with Ben Simmons, and then she walked out with Devin Booker. And, that's just <laughs> and, and she didn't question it because they're both rich and they both play basketball. So at that point, it's like, hey – who cares? So I'm on a basketball court. She's like, oh, that's Ben. That's Ben. <laughs> it's got to be Ben, right? It's got to be Ben, dude, obviously. 
So fuck you, Devin Booker, even though you're really good. And fuck you, Ben Simmons. <laughs> nah. And fuck uh, you, Kylie Jenner or Kendall Jenner, whoever you are. This is a funny story I, I saw. And, Mikey, I know you listen to a lot of different sports guys. Do you, what, real quickly, briefly, briefly, what are your thoughts on Skip Bayless? He's an idiot. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. Skip. <laughs> Skip, I don't even, I'm being really mean today. I shouldn't have said that. But Skip Bayless is. What can I say about Skip Bayless? I well, mean, that hasn't already been. I'm watching this thing. They're talking. It was after Jimmy Butler had the game two thing. And I actually meant to bring this up to you guys after he went off for 45. And, and he goes, he says uh, something. He's talking about Jimmy. And then he goes, but you know, like I got a report from someone within the organization that the reason Victor Oladipo is not playing is because Jimmy Butler sat down with Coach Spolstra and told him he does not, he will not share the floor with him. I remember, read, I remember listening to him I'm like, well, it is kind of weird. Owen Depot hasn't been playing. That doesn't sound like Jimmy Butler, especially Jimmy Butler now. It's like that's who really said that? Who said that? Skip Bayless. He's a pretty well-respected sports. Uh, I know this. No, I know who that, that is. But yeah, and he said some guy within the organization said that. So I'm sitting there as a Heat fan, like after game two, like that is weird. And then why what? are all these guys so Wait. so keen on hating Jimmy Butler? That's what I, I don't understand. The whole everybody is. Here's the funny thing though. Last night, Victor Oladipo played for the first time in the series um, because Kyle Lowry's out. And Victor Oladipo, he did not shoot the ball well. Did not did not have a great game. But his plus minus was plus twenty eight. So, Dude, anyway. and I will also say, let's just hold on. Like, maybe, maybe we should be looking a little deeper into this hatred for Jimmy Butler. Maybe there's a conspiracy theory here. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Jimmy Butler has done something that we don't know about. You know, there's a and ESPN is pissed off. And Skip Bayless didn't work for ESPN though. Maybe Jimmy Butler pissed off China. And uh, (laughs) there was a report that he was hooking up with Rachel Nichols in the bubble. So maybe Rachel Nichols just goes around. Maybe Skip Bayless is trying to get right with Rachel Nichols. I mean, if I was a reporter. And I worked with Rachel Nichols, and I heard that Jimmy Butler was getting right, and I got shot down. I wouldn't like him very much. Yeah, honestly. Jimmy Butler's just the worst. I don't even like him anymore. <laughs> um, no. Austin, not- was your story about to get to um, where it was a fake report on, on Twitter and Skip Bayless read it out? Is that where you're going with it? Well, I don't – no, 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 no. That's just where I'm going with it. So, Because uh, it, was, it was put out all over Twitter that day. I didn't even realize that. I was – and I was confused as a Heat fan because I was like, man, I don't, and they never addressed it. Jimmy never came out and addressed it. Oh, Depot, Eric Spolstra, nobody addressed it. And he didn't play game three. So I was like, maybe this is real. But then he plays game four. So Owen Depot has a post-game interview. And he's getting done with it. He does his full interview. And all of a sudden, you just hear in the background. And you can go watch it on YouTube. In the background, Jimmy goes, yeah, tell him how much I hate you. And then Victor Oladipo <laughs> <laughs> grabs the mic and he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, Jimmy hates me. And they see it's like this grim face, and then him and Jimmy dap up and hug each other, and they kind of just like end it right there. Austin, since you brought up Skip Bayless, there was this was years ago when James Harden was uh, when he was in Houston, and I forgot who was on Houston or whatever, and it was Barry McCrocken. He's a, he's he's famous on Twitter for putting out fake that reports like and changing his name. Twitter. Yeah, and it, and he's famous for changing like his Twitter profile to like these big companies and stuff that report like ESPN and stuff like that. He said the reason James Harden's mad and wants out of Houston is because they were making fun of his man titties, and it's the fake report. And Skip Bayless puts it on his show. He goes, "Yeah, and apparently James Harden's mad because he's got man titties, and they're all making fun of him." <laughs> and he reported it. And <laughs> this guy, this guy, like Skip Bayless, just reads it and he just says it. That's why he's like, that's why people don't like him. He somebody legit. Must have, somebody whose job it was to feed him bullshit must have fed him the wrong bullshit. He was still saying in the and, I was watching. He was still saying he was like, "Yeah, Jimmy Butler is just a cancer," and he's and I'm like, "Bro, you, at this point, I have you have no credibility for me. I don't know why, how you can sit there and logic." Nah, he, he's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, I was. Curious. He said Baker Mayfield better than Dak Prescott. <laughs> what? All right, maybe it's time to guys. Guys, we probably should be making guys. enemies in the industry that we're trying to get into, but. Uh, Honestly, I don't want to be friends with him. Watch him reach out to us because he likes one of our episodes but hasn't heard this one. And then, you know, he's going to talk to us like, wait a minute, these guys hate me. <laughs> um, I'd okay. rather do business with, with uh, not, not Skip Bayless. <laughs> yeah, but Shannon Sharp's there. Yeah, I do love Shannon Sharp. Um, Skip. Uh, so, 
We are going to now cover NFL draft. Uh, it starts Thursday. Just go over some brief stuff. We'll go over probably each person's favorite um, prospect in the draft and who they think will have the biggest impact um, or if they think where they're their best fit. We each, we each go through a player. David, I know there's a guy you're really high on. Um, so I think he's out of Georgia. Um, so David, yes, sir. give us a little breakdown on this guy. Jordan Davis. I'm sure you've all heard of him by now. He's a big old boy. Got about, I don't know, what, 350, 360 pounds on him. He ran a, what is it, like a 4.78 at the combine. Yeah, 4.78, 40-yard dash. And he's, he's 341 pounds, six foot six. His combine rating is the number one defensive tackle. He is on, and he's, he's the fourth overall defensive lineman behind three other defensive ends, which if you know anything about how football works, defensive ends are built like gods, and defensive tackles are yeah. large, fat men. <laughs> <laughs> and so for him to be up there behind the top three defensive ends in the combine is saying something. The next uh, defensive tackle – to put that in perspective, is in, is the tenth ranked prospect among among other defensive linemen. All their DNs, and I think it would be amazing. Now he's not he's not going to get a bunch of sacks, right? He's going to stuff up the middle, though. He's proven that he can take on multiple blockers, split the occasional double team. He is a a, a freak on the field. He's it's just crazy to even see someone of that size moving that fast. But with that speed comes power, right? And when you're standing there in the middle and you got someone who's 340 pounds with that much explosiveness, you're not going to be able to run the ball. So what comes to my mind is the Los Angeles Chargers who just acquired Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. So obviously you don't really need much more pressure on the quarterback. You get somebody in there who can clog up the middle. I don't really see anyone stopping that defense. They just got J.C. Jacks or what's his name? Uh, AC Jackson at cornerback. They got Derwin James, obviously. Their defense is looking disgusting. They could add Jordan Davis up the middle. I don't, I don't know many teams they're going to be able to touch them. So, uh, yeah, kind of just piggybacking off of, uh, of what, of what David said. I mean, I, I love Jordan Davis. And I, you know, Jordan Davis is looking at mock drafts. He's, he shut up the board. He originally was, Late first round, he's going middle of the round now, which I think – I mean, I could see Jordan Davis going top ten, honestly. I mean, he's just that much of a, of a playmaker at a defensive tackle position. And I've heard some teams that are high on him um, that are thinking about trading up for him. I don't remember exactly who it was. Yeah. Eagles, actually. But, you know, just, just looking at these guys, a the guy I'm, like, high on that, you know, didn't have the best pro day is Kyle Hamilton. I mean, ran a, I think he ran a 4-7. And guys are like, oh, God, I mean, this guy was supposed to be a top five, top ten pick, and now he's, he's, he's kind of going late. Kyle Hamilton, but when you watch the game tape on him, I mean, I don't care what he ran at 4-7. He might have had just a slow day. He's all over the field. He's a big, strong safety. He plays center field. You know, he, he can get anywhere. He can tackle. He can cover. He's, he's a guy you can plug in and play immediately, I feel like, and he's going to be a game changer. I'd love the Steelers for, for the Steelers to get him and trade up for him. Since you know we only signed Terrell Edmonds to a one-year deal, obviously didn't want him. Obviously, we we're looking for Tyron Matthew, but obviously didn't get him. But you know, just looking at Kyle Hamilton, he he he's going to be a good safety in this league. And you know, Jordan Davis would love Jordan Davis. And then, kind of my corner, I know Austin likes Sauce Gardner, but cornerback oh, from LSU. Wow. I, people have him over Sauce Gardner, Austin, and I, I try to tell Austin, I think I think he's better. He played better competition. I know Sauce Garner. I don't think Sauce a lot of touchdown in college, though. But, you know, Derek Stingletary, or, or I think that's how I'm saying no, Derek his name. Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley. I mean, I can see Seattle coming up and getting, and getting him. I mean, he, he's raw, too. So those are, those are kind of my three guys I'm looking at, you know, that are my guys that I think in, you draft them. They're going to be plug-in and play guys immediately. Mine's hands down Sauce Garner. I've been high on him from early on when we talked about this. Um, and I have him projected to go second or third. I'm starting to lean a little bit more towards third, but the third overall pick to the Houston Texans. I think the Texans need a lot of improvements on 
uh, defense, and I think one of the key ones is definitely their secondary. If you think about their secondary, there's really not much going for them. They have, I think Vernon Hargraves is like their best DB out there, and I mean Vernon Hargraves was a former lottery pick bust um, out of Florida. I love Sauce Gardner's. I mean, he's got great speed. He's he can he can do the bump and run, and then he can play he he, he can play man to man up tight. He can he can run keep up with anybody downfield. He's very 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 physical as a corner, but also still he's not too big to where. Um, you worry about his mobility, you know, he, he can do it all. And he showed that even in college, I don't care. You know, we talked about, I understand power five of competition is important, but Sauce Gardner is one of those guys. You can just look at him and you can just tell, you just look at the tape. Um, he's going to be an instant cornerback one for anybody he goes to. Um, and I, one of these teams that need that are, that are looking for secondary improvements. The Houston Texans are a team that strikes me a lot um, because they really don't have any true dominant cornerback one. Um, and then you also look at the Detroit Lions. You know, Mikey, you reminded me that their main cornerback is Jeff Okuda, uh, who's been battling injuries since he got drafted from Ohio State a few years ago. Um, the only thing, like you also mentioned, it would, I, maybe the Lions kind of shy away from Sauce Gardner because they did go high on with, with Okuda um, with an early pick, and it, we saw how it worked out for them. But both those teams desperately need secondary help, um, and I, I think Sauce Gardner is the best cornerback in, in the entire draft. Is his first name Sauce? No. I, I I don't think so, but when you got the nickname Sauce, you got to be good. If you're not, that is just the worst thing ever. Like Sauce Gardner, and he's not good. Like, come on now. If I'm not mistaken, I saw a piece where he was like when he was like playing pee wee football. Um, he always like had a bunch of the accessories on or whatever, and his coach just started calling him Sauce, and it just stuck. <laughs> but yeah, I now, think- Dave and Austin, I got a, I got a question for you guys, and it was interesting because I'm kind of a betting man here. This is going to lead us into my question. Are you now? Me and Austin got a betting story for you. Over, under, over, under, three and a half quarterbacks go in the first round. Over, under, three and a half. That's the betting odds, I think, in Vegas for quarterbacks in the first round. Three and a half. Under, all day. You're taking under. So so you're thinking what, like three or two quarterbacks in the first round? I'm thinking two. I'm thinking three. But still under. But I think. So you're going to go under. I think Malik. I think Malik will. Uh, Malik, uh, Pickett, and Matt Corral. Those are my three. That I think go in the first. I think Malik and Pickett. Here's, here's, my, here's my thing. I was I was gonna go under because I think that's a safe bet. But I really do think Detroit's at 32. Detroit's gonna take a quarterback at 32. Oh, I really do don't think. Take my, don't take mine. I know who you're gonna, who you're gonna say. Detroit with Desmond Ritter. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even gonna say who they're gonna take. I'm just gonna say this is how I think the draft's gonna play out. I think Pittsburgh and, and the New Orleans Saints get a quarterback, even though I do not want Pittsburgh to draft a quarterback. I do not want them to at all. I, I think you give Mitch Trubisky a year to prove himself. If he doesn't do it, then you go get a quarterback. You go get an offensive lineman or a defensive player or even a wide receiver at this point because we are very thin on them. I think New Orleans takes a quarterback. I think they probably take Kenny Pickett. I think Malik Willis maybe goes before or after Kenny Pickett because I know the New Orleans Saints are high on Kenny Pickett. Then I think Detroit takes a quarterback with 32 pick with a 32nd overall pick. But I also think someone trades up before Detroit back into the first round and either picks Sam Howard, Desmond Ritter, or Matt Corral, whichever one. I do think there's going to be four. I think Sam, Desmond, Matt Corral, and Kennedy. Well, that's five, if I'm not wrong. There's five. One of them will fall to the second round. It's either going to be Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter, I think. But one of them, there's going to be four in the first round. Because someone's going to trade back into the first round, and they're going to get they're going to get their guy because they're not going to. So you don't think round. that three is a safe bet? No, I think I thought three was a safe bet, and it it, it is going under the three and a half. It is is the safe bet, but I do think mm. it's because you can't really predict a trade in a mock draft. You know what I mean? You can't really right. do it. I do think someone's going to trade back in the first round and pick that fourth guy. I don't know who it's going to be. Sam Howell, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, or Desmond Ritter whoever it will be, but there, I do think now there's going to be four. And it's a reach because I don't – I wouldn't give a first-round grade to any of these guys, um, honestly. And But there's going to be four of them off the board in the first round. And here's something I just saw. Oh, what are you, what are you saying, Ed? I was going to say, are we going to talk any NBA right now about any of these games that have been going uh, on? I want to like, kind of wait because based on our last episode, like it's only been like one or two games since. Um, I was gonna wait to the next one before okay. we delve into like the whole first, the first round as a whole. Sorry, um, I just want to ask that. I have to cut that. Sorry. Um, also, with Mike, I mentioned this pick and a team that I think is. I just saw this on Mel Kiper's board. I really love it. And David, you'll know who I'm talking about here. Andrew Booth Jr. 
on the quarterback out of Clemson. Mel Kuyper has him going 29th to the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that is a great pick if, if they, the Chiefs are able to make that happen. I think the Chiefs, 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 I think the Chiefs are there to make that happen should definitely do that because if there is a weakness in their game, um, it is probably their, their cornerback position. Andrew um, Ruth is about it too. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good corner. He's good. Um, so I could see, but there's also a lot of good corners. So I think that's why maybe he does fall uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think that's a great pick. I just saw it on there, and I was curious. He also you never have him. enough good cornerbacks. You never have enough good cornerbacks. Mel Kiper also has uh, Kenny Pickett going to the Steelers, Mike. Uh, yeah, I know. In this mock draft, I think it's Bucky Brooks. I think it is Bucky Brooks. He has Malik Willis going to. Uh, he has Kenny Pickett going sixth. Uh, this is a this is a 1.0 mock draft. So this is this is kind of like old old. No, April 25th. It's not old. I lied. He has Kenny Pickett going to the Panthers at six, David, which is interesting. Kenny Pickett being the first one off the board. And I was going to say, we, we got to – All the way at pick number 20 to the Steelers. Um, I wouldn't – I'm not crazy about getting Malik Willis, but if we do get Malik Willis, I think that's the best option. Yeah, I was going to say, we can't overlook the Panthers here. They are definitely in the market for a quarterback. It doesn't matter. The, the question for every team looking for a quarterback comes to whether or not they want to take a chance on this draft or not. And I wouldn't. Not with an early first-round pick. Maybe in later rounds, but not in a first-round pick. Right. Um, all right, well, all right. well, that was a good episode. Um, I enjoyed that one. I thought we got a lot covered um, from the college football playoff side. Ben Simmons. Um, NFL drafts. So good, good quality episode. Um, appreciate everybody for listening. Um, just a reminder again, <clears throat> you can go catch all of our previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all your streaming platforms. And you can go watch this on YouTube. Um, you can also go or watch any of our previous episodes on YouTube. And you can also keep up with us um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at that damn sports podcast, D A M. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Peace.